we are using it 100% because we are customers saying that we want 100% recycled material from private household and it is possible today but it, it requires a lot of uh, skilled people uh, and yeah, a lot yes. of technology but you can do it that's the most important Welcome to the Urbanista, where we discuss the water management challenges of Nordic cities. From safe drinking water distribution and stormwater collection to building sustainable urban living environments. Here is your host, Delphine Vassalo. Hey, welcome to the Urbanista, the podcast where we discuss things about water management in cities. I'm your host, Delphine Vassalo, and we are still in the last day of the World Water Congress in Copenhagen, Denmark. There have been many discussions around here about water management, stormwater, how, how to improve the operations of wastewater, sustainability, and particular sustainability has been one of the hot topics in the, all the discussions around here. And one key, one key element of this is how are we recycling? the things, how are we recycling the different materials to give new life to the older, uh, to the older products. And for that, I have a very special guest here with me that we are going to discuss precisely that, recycling and circular economy. Yeah, it's kind of a buzzword. Everybody's talking about that, but what does that exactly mean? So who are you and what do you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Sometimes I ask myself also, but uh, my name is Frans Kogulisa and I'm working with the recycling of plastic. Uh, I'm business director in a company over Vestergaard Larsen. And we have been working with recycling of plastic for 50 years. Long time before you knew Fif about circular economy. Yeah, 50 years. So I mean, five, zero. So way before this circular economy concept was even invented, way before that even sustainability was a thing or was on everybody's mind. Yeah. So I guess, well, I guess not. Surely you and your team have uh, accumulated a wealth of experience or expertise in the recycling. So can you talk a bit more? So what, what the companies uh, are focusing at the moment? What has focused before and, and, and now what type of recycling you are, you are doing? Yeah, For 50 years ago, in fact, uh, the founder of the company, his name was O. Westerbor Larsen, as the company is today, he found it uh, worthless to burn plastic. And he started to think about how can, can I recycle plastic? And he traveled around uh, down to Germany and found some equipment mm -hmm. and who was designed to recycle plastic. And he bought a machine, brought it to Denmark, and when he started to recycle plastic, nobody knew about recycling in Denmark at that time. But uh, he tried and it was a hard job for him to come around to plastic converters and say that I have some recycled plastic. It really had to be cheap, so it was hard to do business, mm -hmm. but he did it. And uh, I think the first 40 years, uh, it, it was really hard. The last 10 years has been more fun the focus from the global, uh, what can you call it, from companies. The global uh, attention, yeah, is now yeah, focusing. Yeah, the global attention, right, uh, is much more focusing at sustainability and circular economy. 
So the last 10 years where has happened 10 times more than the in, 40 in, in years the before. 40. Yeah, yeah, well, that's actually a very nice example on like forward thinking, like vision of future. Like when you said before it was just let's burn the plastic and uh, and that's it. And it was like just one month's idea. Hey, no, this this doesn't seem to be right. Maybe I don't know there was too much research, but hey, let's do something about it. Let's change the way. And maybe that's now that the whole sustainability topic is getting like really good traction. And there's many, many other things around. Well, there you go. That's that's the normal evolution of our human thinking, uh, starting from an idea that is like, mm, yeah, but look, you have gone very far, very far from that initial rejection. Yep. On the thing. So can you elaborate a bit more? So what type of um, plastics are you recycling from where and how are you transforming it into, well, giving you life? What type of products are, are, are those recycling materials used? Yeah, of course. I would say it is, uh, we are doing it three different uh, types of, of plastic. <clears throat> When we are talking about plastic waste, We are getting 5,000 tons from the industry, the plastic industry, and it is it is quite uh, clean because it is more or less waste from the production. It is easy to recycle. We grind it, and after that we pelletizing in, in extruders. Mm -hmm. And when you have pellets, it is our product. We only have pellets, mm -hmm. and they are easy to use for the plastic converters. So that's the first part. And it was how it started for 50 years ago. The second part, that's uh, plastic waste from the private household. When you and me, we put our plastic waste into a bin, mm -hmm. it is, it, we have started in Denmark to sort it. And it means that it is coming to us when it is sorted. It is really dirty and it smells. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of work to, what can I say, grind it and wash it and then pelletizing it, but you also have to take the smell away. It really requires uh, really skilled people. They know to have, they need to have experience from this, how to handle plastic. And a lot of this equipment we have developed ourselves because you can't find it around this washing machines and, and so on. So it's your, of course your own expertise, but also you have some proprietary technology that you have developed or? Yeah, we have. Uh, We have not, we have searched patent for this uh, different technologies, but we have decided to stop it because it is not the technology who is important, it is in fact the people. We have people who has been in the company, a lot of people who has been there for more than 40 years, and they really know a lot. Uh, so that's, that's important when you are focusing at high quality. It is that you have the right skilled people And it means that they have to be with you for many years. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, that, 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 that's the essence of welding company, of course, the human, the human factor. So you mentioned uh, there, there were three types. The ones that are well described from other, other plastic companies that yeah. is like the cleanest one. The yes. second is the one that is collected from households. That yes. okay, needs an extra cleaning, the coloring, I guess, process, chemical process to, to, to get it right. And exactly. the third. And the third it is that we are taking the waste from different industries, taking their own waste and taking care of their own waste. So they are getting exactly their own waste back, but as pellets. 
it requires that you can handle different uh, mm -hmm. companies really in your system. So you have to be 100% sure that they are getting exactly the same back as they came with. And it is because now they know the raw material really well because it is their own material. When it is easy for them to, uh, to use it in mm -hmm. their production again, but it is also a very important business for us to handle that. That's one third of the business. Okay. Yeah. Because one, one of the common beliefs that I have been listening quite often, um, and like I said, this is one of these maybe half fruits that just go around, 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 is for many people, sustainability equals recycled, recycled materials, which equals second class quality. It's very simplistic, yes, very simplistic uh, yeah. reasoning. But what can you tell us about the quality of that recycled material? I think it depends very much, very much of what focus you have. Uh, I can only talk for ourselves. Our focus, it is the highest possible quality, meaning if we are taking plastic waste from the private household, we have to make it in such a quality that the plastic converter can produce products which come back to the private household and in a quality so they can put it in the bin and it can come back to us again. Mm -hmm. And meaning that you have created this circular loop and that's for me circular economy, but it really requires that you are losing a lot of effort, money in your production, in your quality department but also that you are working together in the whole value chain mm -hmm. because you mm -hmm. can't do this alone. We have, we have seen that, that if we are working together with the customer, with the plastic converter, with the, with the company who is working with sorting the plastic mm -hmm. waste, it is when we can succeed. Otherwise, you can't do anything alone. You have to work in this value chain because when you push yourself and you push the other, and in the end you'll have a much better, but much better result, meaning that you are doing sustainability and real circular economy. So collaboration, yes. collaboration <coughs> with all the rest. I mean, of players in the in, in the industry. Okay, the technology that you use and the expertise that you have, of course, is, is crucial for that. But uh, as you say, without the collaboration of the other, yeah, players, this, we, yeah. we cannot do this or it's just not one company's mission to, to do this. So that's what we have also listening here. Hey, it's not just one sector, not just the produce, the manufacturers, or in your case, the, the, the companies that recycle or the water utilities. It's, it's a joint effort yeah. uh, that we should work together. Easier said than done, certainly. So those, those collaborations, or have you been approaching them or how you started this process of knocking the door, hey, let's, Let's do this together. Let's make it happen together. It was, in fact, a strategy we made for 10 years ago. We, we made the strategy that we should be the most open recycling company in North Europe, meaning that even our competitors could come and visit us. Because okay. we had the focus that the most important we have in our factory, it is our people, our organization, and how we work together. It was, of course, uh, it was hard to do it because you are, you are at the thin ice, you can say, mm -hmm. but we opened up the factory. And I think the first two years we had uh, between 1,500 and 2,000 visitors 
customers, suppliers, uh, competitors. But we get this start for this value chain, this uh, working together in value chain. And it is what have brought us uh, to where we are today, uh, working together with big companies and very open. Also, when we talk about, okay, how will this end? We can say, okay, our focus is that it will, the solution will not be more expensive than the virgin material. And nothing more about price, then it is only focusing on how do we, how do we solve this problem? How do we do uh, together? And after one, two, three years, you have a result. And in the same way you have your, you have your customer mm-hmm. and your customer has a supplier. So that's uh, another way to work in, but it works. I mean, the proof is there, of course, you have been doing it for a long time, yeah. openness and transparency. Well, okay, maybe it took a bit of effort or a lot of effort at the beginning, but well, the results are, are there. You touch uh, kind of sometimes a sensible topic, the price, the cost of using a recycled, okay, we, we ensure, okay, quality-wise, yeah, we can be sure that there's, or at least you are ensuring the quality of that recycled material. What comes to cost of the, that final product that uses recycled material, is that true that it, it should be more expensive than the regular product or? Well, it depends on, that's right. It is never a very open discussion when we start to talk about price, but uh, I think we can be that today because for us, we have a clear strategy about when we invest in technology. We don't invest in, in technology who is doing it more expensive to make a recycled material than using virgin. You have to compete with virgin material. If we're not able to that, we don't invest money in it. It is the topic from the beginning. And okay. Otherwise, you can have a risky business, I would say. But if you the whole time have the focus, but we cannot allow it to be more expensive than the virgin material. And it is clear from the beginning also with our customers. It is what we promise, it is what we work for. And when we do it together somehow. But yeah, we're well, we'll, we'll working together. Talk a bit more about the type of, if we become a bit more technical perhaps, uh, the type of plastics that you are handling. So it is PE, PP, or, or what are those sources? And actually, because one, one thing that, well, we have been started to work is on the um, plastic coming from biodiesel, meaning from renewable materials, not straight, I mean, virgin material coming from oil, but from this renewable material. In the end is, well, plastic, it's PE anyways, it's plastic, but does that make any difference to you if it's a plastic coming from a renewable source and then it gets recycled and recycled plus many, well, times? Yeah, that's, in fact, a very good question, and it is, it's pop up now and when, and it is hard to answer. But let's take an example. We have been working together with a very big company in Denmark, mm-hmm. and um, for 25 years, mm-hmm. they have some boxes who is coming around in the in Denmark, in fact, and a lot of them are the whole time damaged somehow and coming back and being recycled again and again, meaning that. 25% of the boxes are being recycled every year. We are not 
we are just recycling them, making pellets, and they are coming back to them. They are putting 25% recycled material mm -hmm. in their working material, and they they don't see any difference in the material. Okay. But it requires when you have this waste that you also are able to before the production, during the production and after the production to take out samples and to make tests so you are sure that they have the right quality. If it don't have that, you can have plastic who has been so long time out used somewhere that it has started to decrease, uh, decrease the the, what can you call it? Uh, the degrade the quality. Yeah, degrade, degrade exactly. Thank you. Uh, degrade the quality. But when you can put something in it, you can add something uh, to the plastic antioxidants and so on. So you boost it, so it, it comes back, or you can mix it with some uh, really new plastic waste. Okay, because that's what I was thinking when you mentioned is the 25% for this specific uh, example your customer that you mentioned. It's 25% that goes back again to them to continue would any at any given point that 25 percent may become 50 percent 100 percent like really fully circular yeah um, i think if we are looking at the uh, eu uh, rules and guidelines mm -hmm. they will start to say 30 percent recycled material uh, as a minimum when you are making a new product. But if we are looking at what the companies want, they want 100% recycled material. Uh, when we are talking about what we are getting uh, from the private household and this waste and make it to new pellets, mm -hmm. the plastic converters, there are two who's using it today. We are using it 100% because their customers are saying that we want 100% recycled material from private household and it is possible today but it it requires a lot of uh, skilled people uh, and yeah, a lot yes. of technology but you can do it that's the most important yeah well, that, i mean that would be the, the ideal to keep this whole cycle never, yeah, never said this exactly. whole cycle at 100 percent. but just because you mentioned at some point that yeah if the quality starts to degrade because of well whatever is the process you need to still add a bit Virgin yeah. material, yeah. So to speak, but not the virgin material. We oh. we can add something. Uh, what can you call it? New plastic waste. You have you can have old plastic waste and new plastic waste, and we sort it in the factories. We know exactly what is old plastic waste, what is new plastic waste, and when we can mix oh. that together, we we don't use at all virgin material in our factory. We are one hundred percent focused at recycled material. Okay, okay, that, that uh, it's really interesting because, of course, it has many details that is not, yeah, recycle it and put everything back, everything back. So, it's, of course, it requires all this expertise that, that precisely you have been developing along many, many years. So, is there anything, where do you see this going in five, I don't know, five, ten years, or really that many companies be, become this 100% receiving uh, this 100% recycling? Or wh where? Do you see that, or where would you like that we all were? I think we all would like that we could say that 100% of our waste is recycled. And in that way, you can create this 100% circular loop 
and the economy, but it is not possible. You will always lose something. Uh, so I think the, the target must be to get so much back to uh, recyclers as possible. It, you will never get 100% back, but we will be better year for year. That's no doubt about that. What do we need to do to keep that increasing? Is it about, okay, the will, of course, all the stakeholders in the industry, the regulation that starts to push a bit every time, every year, or higher and higher? Yeah, as we speak now, there are guidelines, they are making guidelines from the EU uh, about in 2025, all plastic packaging has to be recycled, minimum 50% of it. It is the first target. When they have said that everything, now 80% of what is burned today for incineration and so on, it can be taken out for recycling. So they have started to decide something. They have made a plastic tax in, in Europe, in fact. Mm -hmm. uh, Denmark is paying this year one, more than 100 million euros because they are saying you are, you are using too much virgin material. They are looking at, okay, how much virgin material? Mm. Some other countries in Europe are paying much more. Uh, but they have started this, also the European tax, that's a little interesting, in fact, uh, for plastic. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's this whole initiative from the European Union, that yeah. we are familiar with, the Fit for 55, mm. which is achieving 55% of carbon reduction at the whole, at country level by 2030. Um, some countries may be way ahead, some, some others will lagging, lagging behind, but that's actually that. Have you calculated or have you done something to, to evaluate the impact in carbon footprint? Is it something that you have been looking at or? Yeah, we have, uh, we have had an external uh, company to, because we can't do it ourselves. It really requires skilled people, mm -hmm. engineers and so on. They have measured our, how much energy are we using in the factory, where are we getting the plastic waste from, and if you had used uh, virgin material to produce product with, what kind of carbon footprint would you have? And if you compare virgin material with recycled material, they are saying that you have save the global environment for 2.4 kilo CO2, CO2, mm -hmm. CO2. Uh, for each kilo recycled material you use instead of using virgin material. So well, it's also a huge uh, carbon footprint to save uh, the global environment. And that's of course also important. Uh, well, those, I believe those are the important things to communicate and it's just, well, facts. If this yeah. is tested, it's data, hard data that is there and you are collaborating with, the, with that. But I think we have to change behavior. Uh, you and me have to change behavior. The companies have to change behavior. Uh, you have to look at your waste as a resource. Uh, waste is expensive and costly to handle. Uh, resources giving your income, you can say. Uh, so I think there's a lot to learn there. There's a lot that we have to change our behavior. We have to look at it and remember that today we are using too many of the resources. The 28th of July this year, we had used the planets, our planets resources for the whole year. Yes. Uh, yes. 
Earth Overshoot Day, I think it's an, it, that's the name, but it was the 28th of July. When we started the company in uh, 1972, it was in the middle of December. So it is mm -hmm. showing what we are doing that in 2050, we will need three planets if we continue to do that. And we can't do that. We, have, we, no have, ne <laughs> we have next generation to think about our kids. So of course we have to change behavior. That's important, I think. And it is important that we don't think about how we are doing and want to change that because if we are looking at what we did yesterday and want to change the future by that, we have not learned anything. It is about innovation and progress, uh, working in value chains and focusing at it. That's, that's what is necessary, after my opinion. Openness, transparency, working together, this, this collaboration, and I guess the most important thing, yes, within 100 years, well, not you or me will be here, but yeah, our children, and that's the point that we are working now for those grandchildren that yeah, will, for exactly. we will leave something. So, Franz, thank you so much. This has been super, super insightful, and uh, we will continue with all these conversations, and yeah, keep tuning with the Urbanista. Topics like this are the ones that we are super interested in addressing and, of course, getting the insights from the people who have been, well, 50 years doing it already. Thank you so much. Franz. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for listening to the Urbanista podcast, a production of Upono Infra, the leader in sustainable infrastructure solutions. If you found it interesting, why don't you share it with your colleagues? We all together can move our industry forward.